Hello and welcome back to the t podcast. We hope you enjoyed our last episode where Dodd and Joe chatted to Scott Baldwin. And if you missed that, you can find it on our Spotify and our YouTube channel, which Dodd kindly set up for us, bringing us firmly out of the Stone Age. Before we kick off, Dodd, can you tell us a little bit about the format change with the European competitions this year? Yes, no worries. Due to the ongoing impact coronavirus is having on sports in Europe, the format of the Heineken Champions Cup and Challenge Cup has changed for this season. The result of this means in the top tier competition, there will be only two pools, each containing 12 sides. The top four teams after the pool stage from each pool will qualify for the quarterfinals, whilst 58 in each pool will go down to the Challenge Cup last 16. The pool stage will see teams only having two oppositions, both from the same pool, where they will play each side home and away, so four matches in total. For the Challenge Cup, it is one big group of 14 teams. Like the Challenge Cup, no, like the Champions Cup, sorry, the number of pool games is again four, with two oppositions in total. Overall, the top eight sides after the conclusion of the pool stage will join the eight teams dropping from the Heineken Champions Cup to form the last 16. Hope that's clear. Now let's talk rugby. Thanks very much, James. Yeah, let's get straight into it. So um, in this edition, we're going to be delving into all things European rugby. It was a quality weekend overall for the Welsh regions, with the Dragons the only side who were unable to win. Ben, I'm going to kick off with you first, mate. The Scarlets started their European journey with a classy win over Bath in the opening round, with a certain Pembrokeshire front rower stealing the headlines with a sumptuous offload to Kieran Hardy. How did the Scarlets look? Yeah, Scarlets scored a, a really nice try of their own through Rob Evans, like you said, a really nice offload uh, to Kieran Hardy, who ran into the posts. Um, if you look at the stats as well, Scarlets had less territory with 42% and less possession with 46 They had... Uh, over 200 metres less uh, gained and then less carries, but they still ended up with a win. Um, and they had did it without uh, key players such as Ken Owens, Liam Williams and Johnny Williams. So let's move on to the Ospreys now, uh, where they were dominant against Castra in a 39-15 victory at the Liberty. How good was that Dan Evans try, Dodd? Yeah, it was very good. I think they haven't really played like this um, for last season or so. They were scoring 39 points. Uh, bonus point win, you know, it's perfect start really. Um, you know, Sam Parry scoring twice seems to be getting over the line every other game now. Uh, a very good rate uh, for a hooker. Um, like I said, you know, showed up front dominance and their attacking ability, and they're going to be pretty happy. Um, Tipperick was out as well, so um, yeah. What did you think, Bill? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, so it obviously goes to show having the Wales boys back. Um, how much of a difference do you think someone like George North made on that game? Yeah, look, it's just, you know, his presence, you know, whatever you know, people say about him, um, you know, his form and all that, you know, his presence, his strength, his pace, you know, is always going to um, cause trouble. And I think he did in times uh, against Castor. So, yeah, he, he's a huge, um, you know, he's a, he's a huge help for the side from Swansea. Well, he really orchestrated that try, didn't he? Uh, he is the point where that try began because it was out on the right flank and he did a nice neat offload as he was about to go to ground. So without someone like him, like you've said, his physical power presence on that flank um, arguably wouldn't have had the try in the end. And it turned out to be a really cracking try. I mean, that Matt Prothero um, is looking to be quite the player. At only 24, he looks a, a real speedster and confident on the pitch. Future Wales player? Yeah, definitely. Um, against Munster away in the Pro 14 a few weeks back, him and Luke Morgan were 
linking up. Um, excellent. And um, yeah, I think against Benetton at home a couple of weeks ago when they just got over the line, he was pretty quiet, made a couple of mistakes. But yeah, I think, you know, with pace like that, there's no reason why he can't be in the Wales camp in the next couple of years. It's nice to see Ospreys finally putting out um, some decent performances like this. Because I remember when we first started up this pod, uh, the first couple of episodes, it was just talking about how much of a dire situation the Ospreys are in. So, you know, it's nice to see them uh, putting out performances like this and uh, winning comfortably. So moving on then, Joe, unfortunately, the Dragons weren't so fortunate as they faced the Wasps at Rodney Parade. So what went wrong? To be quite frank, I think the Dragons are a little bit out of their depth in that competition. Wasps were a class apart. They did put up a spirited effort, did the Dragons, but the strength and depth of the back row of Wasps really shined through. Jack Willis crossing over, as did Thomas Young. And Thomas Young really showed once again he could be a part to play for Wales were he playing on this side of the border. Dodd, what did you make of the game? Um, Obviously, as Joe mentioned, it's disappointing to see uh, the only loss... um, being with the Dragons, but you said that it was a spirited performance. It wasn't a complete shutout. Yeah, look, I think, you know, I've said it before, Dragons in this competition, yeah, they probably are out of their depth. I don't think they're expected um, to make the knockout stages. But look, I think playing teams like this, um, especially for the first time in around a decade, I think is great. You know, a lot of these players, you know, youngsters that have only played for the Dragons, haven't played teams like Wasps or Bordeaux Begler. So I think, you know, the, the four matches that they are going to play is going to be, um you know, a real positive for the region. It's just a shame that, you know, there's no, there's no crowds at Rodney Parade. I agree, mate. I think it's a silver lining because as the old saying goes, you need to play against the best to beat the best. Um, Obviously, the Pro 14 isn't the creme de la creme of uh, British rugby. Um, So they need to be playing teams like Wasps to be able to improve. So, Dodd, back to you then. Your beloved Blues were in fine form away to Newcastle Falcons on Friday, uh, coming out as 33-20 winners. So, Hallam Amos was on fire for the Blues, as was Garen Smith, who put in one hell of a shift. Uh, So, there's no reason you can't go all the way again, is there? Oh, no. Um, I don't think so. Look, you know, the Blues are definitely capable of beating every side in the Challenge Cup. I don't think they should be getting too ahead of themselves. And this is a Newcastle side that, you know, made 15 changes from the, you know, unbeaten start in the Premiership. Um, you know, the poor, the first half was extremely poor. I thought, I thought they were very slow in attack, um, and defensively they were missing, you know, easy one-on-one tackles. But they were, I think, the Halamemos um, up and undertake and offload for Thomas Williams to create the try was no doubt the turning point. So you mentioned Halamemos there showed some real class with that box kick and catch. Really difficult catch as well. It looked like it landed on his shoulder. So something like that. And with the Lions tour just around the corner, I know he's not been firmly on the Welsh international map recently. Uh, do you think potentially if his form continues and he gets picked for Wales, could he be in with a shout? Um, in my personal opinion, no. Um, I don't think he's, uh, you know, I think he's not at the stage where he's, you know, a Wales starter, you know, every single game. He's not the first person that is on the Welsh uh, team sheet. And, you know, that was a very impressive piece of play, but you've got to realise it was against a very inexperienced second Newcastle team. Um, I would love him to, you know, put some good performances in for the Blues, you know, keep it going and play well for Wales. But I think, you know, a Lions uh, tour 
Yeah, I think there's actually quite a lot of injuries in the back line. Fair enough, mate. So now on to our assessment of this weekend's fixtures. We're going to kick off with mine. So the Ospreys are away to Worcester Warriors. Now, Worcester lost their opening round fixture against the Poe side, who have won just three games in 11 in the top 14, with Worcester sitting 11th in the Gallagher Prem with three games played and a single victory. Therefore, based on recent form, I think the Ospreys could come away with a decent win in margin. I think all the players will be on a high after that win against Castra and the return of the international boys. It only makes it a tastier fixture for Toby Booth's squad. So Ben, last time at the Parker Scarlets, the home team won 30-27, very dramatic game, uh, after a failed last-minute drop goal from Tron Duke. Can we expect to see anything like this again? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say my prediction at the start. I think we're gonna see it again. I think history is gonna repeat itself. With uh, Wayne Barnes was referee that day. Uh, he's referee on Friday as well. So I reckon he's gonna. I reckon it's gonna go Scarlet's way. Um, Toulon. Well, they beat Sale Sharks 26-12 in the first round. Um, they were up 26 nothing until two late tries from Sale. Uh, the two wingers, uh, Gabin Villiers and Romero Moyano, uh, scored a try apiece. Whilst um, fly half. Uh, Louis Carbonell was man of the match and hit 16 points, so three more points than what half penny picked. Uh, kick, sorry. Um, Toulon have won the last three meetings between Scarlets and and Toulon, uh, and they're eight and two overall against them. Um, and their last meeting was only in September of this year in the quarterfinals, where they won 11-6. So I'm going to say Scarlets, um, and I'm going to say by a similar scoreline. But I hear you've got um, recent memories of this game, haven't you, Dodd? Yeah, it's a bit unusual a blues player um going to watch the Scarlets. Um, but you know, I was luckily to um manage to get some tickets last minute by a, a mate um who had someone that was unavailable. So uh but yeah, I thought you know the atmosphere there was unreal. It was the Salat win. It's probably one of the best European Welsh wins um in the last few years, definitely. So, Joe, moving on to you now. So, in reflection of last weekend's result, how do you think the Dragons will fare against bordeaux Bergler away from home? If you look at the two teams in their respective competitions, the Dragons have won three and lost three in the Pro 14, and bordeaux Begler have won five and lost five in the Top 14. So, it should be, on paper, a pretty even matchup. but I would favour Bordeaux. They edged out a win against Northampton at the weekend, coming away 16-12 winners. And I think you can expect them to beat the Dragons, who they'll prove to have too much for. I think you've got to remember as well, the Dragons are trying to make their name and show a bit of pride in the competition, not, not be outclassed by too much. And certainly stamp out occasions like opposing players celebrating by urinating over the, well, pretending to urinate like a dog in their try area. So I think they've got to get rid of things like that, get some respect for themselves and uh, score a few tries of their own. Where do you morally stand on that, Joe? Just highlight this slightly. Uh, I definitely think it's a bit disrespectful towards the Dragons. It's probably the most out-there rugby celebration I've seen before. I've seen it in other sports, but I think rugby is meant to be a sportsman's game and there should be a little bit more respect shown between players. Where do you boys sit on it? Oh, you guys know I'm an NFL fan. I, you've seen it in the NFL before where they kind of uh, they kind of rub the ball on the, their backside and uh, wipe it on the kind of goal frame. And, uh, well, they've been they've kind of been made to pay and been hit very, very hard later in the game after that. So, I mean, 
it's 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 funny isn't it really at the end of the day i mean it'll probably get some sort of fine for it i don't know but it's it's all in good jest i'm sure i'm guess he doesn't mean it in a bad way it's a bit of a joke isn't it they're humans too they're allowed to have a laugh yeah like, i don't i don't think it was like a personal dig at the dragons like he doesn't i don't think he has a something against them i think it was just a you know i just had a joke um i don't think the dragons will uh, care too much about it i didn't even notice it to be fair until joe mentioned it i think in the heat of the moment when you're a dragons player that's something that would definitely rile you up but in hindsight I think is probably is just for a laugh, isn't it? It's uh, the end of the day. It's just a joke. No one's been hit. So uh, you just got to look back on it and, and smile. Yeah, I think with incidents like that, hindsight's a brilliant thing. Nothing happened. No Dragons players kicked off. But if they had, if one of their players had taken offence to it, if they'd run over and thrown a punch at Tom Cruise, the Dragons could have a red card. They could see a player banned for the next few games. I think players shouldn't really be taunting the opposition in moments like that, especially so early in the game. Yeah, it was good for the Dragons to keep their nerves like that, in fairness to them. But moving on now, uh, James, the Blues are coming up against Stade Francais on the weekend. How will this one play, play out, considering they lost to Benetton on the weekend? Yeah, I'd expect a win, if I'm honest. Um, they are doing well in the top 14. Um, but, you know, French teams uh, traditionally don't travel uh, that well and don't really focus on the Challenge Cup uh, that much and you know they were beaten hammered if you like at home to Benetton um, on Friday so I'd expect the Blues to, to feel the similar team they did against Newcastle hopefully the likes of Owen Lane and Alex Summerhill will be back who were, were dropped like, well weren't dropped but couldn't play last minute um, so yeah I'd expect you know at Rodney Parade I'd, I'd expect the Blues to win that that's all we've got time for today. An exciting weekend of rugby ahead. However, you haven't heard everything from us already. We have two new special episodes coming up this week, so keep an eye out on the page. Have a great weekend. Bye.